Welcome to Politics Welcome Done Right. Politics. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. I hope you had a wonderful 4th of July celebrating the birth of the nation. And you know what? I, I Personally, I had a great one, had some friends that sort of an impromptu visit, and we had fun. It was great. A great 4th of July, great celebration, all that great stuff. Even though it's right here at home, I hope you had a good one as well. If you're just getting up and getting the crocodiles out of your... Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Guys, hey, let's get started, man. Let's get started. But as usual, I like to throw it to the control room to say good morning, Howard Reynolds and Jack Van Beber. How are my two brothers from another mother doing? Oh, I'm doing okay. How about you, man? You all right? Good morning, yes, Egberto. Good morning, Van Beber. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Let me tell you. Tell me about that. That. Tell me about that trip walking through that store. How was it? Oh, it wasn't bad. <laughs> I did. I did a bad thing. I put my. I put my dump trunk T-shirt on and went to H-E-B. And uh, like I said, largely went unnoticed. So <laughs> oh, that's because everybody agreed with you. That's why. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I used to get compliments on it, but <laughs> I'm back in Texas. Hey, did You're you hear what Art said? Something very scary there. The Florida of today is the United States of tomorrow. That scares me right there. Oh, well, you know, you know, um, let me tell you, Howard, what we're doing here. And what we hope that a lot of the hundreds of other people uh, that are doing these, this kind of work, that they get to our wonderful brothers and sisters to make sure that Florida doesn't become, or rather that the United States doesn't become Florida. Because believe it or not, it's a meme out there already that, mm -hmm. you know, it's a meme. It's, that's, that's been a meme for a little while. And it's like, we can't let it happen, Howard. We can't let it happen. No, we can't because that's that's just crazy. I mean, what's going on in Florida is is horrendous. It is yes. horrendous. Yes. So, and yes. people don't see this. You don't see. Remember the the saying of, you know, they came for so and so, yes. and I did nothing. Then they came for me, and there was nobody to help. That's that's the United States of tomorrow. They're yeah. coming for you, people. Get out there and vote them out. I'm not going to get on my soapbox so darn early. You already did, brother. You already did. It's after six o'clock and I'm already on my soapbox. Oh, you already on your soapbox, man. But you know what, uh, Howard? Seriously, though, that that's why this work is serious. But we have to be out there informing appropriately because uh, the, the mainstream media, they, they just have to play ball for those who advertise with them. But we can actually be truthful with our audience. We can say things the way that, that they are. And 
By the way, since I'm saying that, that the importance that we have to our audience at the same time, I'm going to say, I mean, we are not in fund drive or anything, but folks, you need to keep us alive by going to kpft.org and supporting uh, programs like this so that we keep an informed populace. But without further ado, I'd like to hear Jack's word of the day. Oh, okay. Well, the word of the day is still a question. And this week I've been thinking about war. So my question is, why do we use war as a means of doing business? You asked that the other day. Did you get an answer? No. Did I ask that the other day? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's the same question. Why are we using war as a means of doing business? Oh, I have a, I have an answer, but I prefer to hear. I mean, I think it seems to me like Howard was going to say something. And I think that can tie into that. Why, oh. Howard? Why? No, I, I was not. I, I'm not going to weigh in on that one. Okay. Well, let me let me tell you. Um. Uh. The the truth of the matter is, unfettered capitalism looks at everything as a means of, of of capitalizing and making money on. That's why we don't have universal health care because we have to pass it through the lens of that economic system first. I'm not saying that, uh, that we shouldn't have. A, uh, uh, this type of a system with a pizza shop and all these other uh, things that, you know, people can choose to have or not have. But when it comes to things like war, when it comes to things like uh, uh, to healthcare, when it comes to things like energy and utilities, where people don't have a choice, it's not something that is really very democratically handled. It's something that you've got to have. Uh, we've we've relegated it unfetteredly to say uh, it, we allow folks to make a hell of a lot of money, and it's it is deterministic money. It is money that that will be made because again, Jack, if you break your leg, you're going to be repaired. If Howard gets a cold, it's going to be repaired. Again, certain things don't belong in capitalism certain parts of our society don't belong there and like i preach all the time what we need is a is a well-designed bifurcated economy where the laissez-faire stuff can occur in things that we don't have to have which are most things believe it or not so there's a big economy to be had there but things like healthcare, things like utilities and all of that we have to find some way to make those things more equitable so I think, Jack, that's the answer. Yeah, well, you know, I understand that. Uh, I just, you know, that you know, using war as a means of resource extraction, you know. It's easy. Uh, I, I realize that. And mainly it's about, it's. I'm thinking about Ukraine. And, you know, when the war is over, there's going to be all these big contracts for uh, yes. rebuilding everything. Yes. You know, that's that's the dirty side of war. Yes. And, you know, I want I want I want to rail against that a little bit. Well, you know, anyway, that's, that's, that's well, that's that's been going on for a long time. Remember, reconstruction after the Civil War and the carpetbaggers. I mean, yeah, that was yes. a big boot doggle right there. And who benefited from that? The wealthy. Yeah. Well, being out capitalized. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You know, show, my man. Yeah. Now, I, I just want to say one thing. And again, the wealthy always gets it because we are uninformed. 
Okay, and, and we allow them to un, we allow them to tell us that the reason they're doing this and making all this money is on our behalf to make things better for us all. And that is how we have to get our gullible, gullibility index down. But anyhow, thank you, Doctor Van Beber, for opening the this opening the the mics to some thought to a thought process that we need to all have. Anyhow, anyhow, comenzando con el programa, beginning with the program title of the show today. Pete Buttigieg, the best Biden administration spokesperson. Bolsonaro is out. That is the former president of uh, Brazil that did the same thing Trump did. The only difference is he pay, he's paying a price. Reverend Barber's moral declaration. Moral declaration. Something to talk about. We may get there. We may not. Anyhow, folks, please do remember the telephone number for the program is 713-526-5738. If you want to say something, if you want to change the program around, if you want to comment as to what um, uh, we've been discussing in the beginning, if you have your piece that you want to put in, if you disagree, if you agree, give us a call. 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713 713- Five two six five seven three eight, folks. You can get our program in many different forms. You can go ahead and uh, download the app. First of all, go to the dial. Go to ninety point one FM if you're there already. Great. Uh, you can also download the TuneIn app uh, from your Android or Apple Store and just look for KPFT ninety point one, and you can listen to us there. You can also go to our website kpft.org. And click on that listen button and you can hear us live. And if you want to watch the program, including the videos that I have for every single program, you can watch it live on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash KPFT Houston. Again, that is facebook.com slash KPFT Houston. Of course, you can watch it on YouTube by going to politicsdoneright.tv, politicsdoneright.tv. Dot TV. Anyhow, folks, let's get started. Subtitle for the title I just gave you, Clips Prove. These clips that I'm going to show you prove that Pete Buttigieg is the administration's best spokesperson. Uh, I mean, this guy really knows how to express it. He knows how to turn a narrative, a false narrative most of the times, that a lot of the mainstream media would put out on behalf of the uh, the right and he he learns how to or not he learns he knows how to answer them perfectly quickly and then pivot to the things that matter to the american people and i i did three clips yesterday actually just before uh the we started cooking for the 4th of july i did these uh the, i did three clips i only have two of them loaded up right now that i want you to hear the first one is how pete and by the way, welcome Eric to the program on chat. I I I did a part that that Pete Buttigieg handled the Supreme Court question, but then immediately pivoted into something that matters to every American citizen. Let's hear it, then we'll take it on the other side. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg is one of the best communicators, as we say over and over again in the Biden administration. He changed the narrative uh, as Dana Bash asked him about the Supreme Court rulings, justifiably so. He went ahead and made it clear that these judgments were sort of phony, created simply to get a ruling, but most importantly, he made it clear 
that while the Biden administration has been trying to take care of policies that help the American people, there was the Republicans trying to pass laws that made absolutely no sense, that actually helped no one, that made lives worse for people while the, the administration proper is trying to enhance their livelihoods, enhance their well-being. Check out how we change that narrative very smoothly with Dana Bash. Here with me now is Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. Mr. Mr. Secretary, thank you so much for joining me this morning. The Supreme Court ruled, as you know, that a Christian web designer is not required to make websites celebrating same-sex weddings due to her religious objections. Uh, Justice Neil Gorsuch argued that if the court had ruled the other way, then, quote, Governments could force an unwilling Muslim movie director to make a film with a Zionist message. They could compel an atheist muralist to accept a commission celebrating evangelical zeal. And they could require a gay website designer to create websites for a group advocating against same-sex marriage. Is there any merit to that argument? No, there isn't. And I think it's very revealing that there's no evidence that this web designer was ever even approached by anyone asking uh, for a website for a same-sex wedding. Matter of fact, it appears this web designer only went into the wedding business for the purpose of, of provoking a case like this. And in that sense, I think there's something in common between this Supreme Court ruling and what we're seeing happening in state legislatures across the country, which is kind of a solution looking for a problem. Uh, in other words, uh, sending these kinds of things to the courts and sending these kinds of things to state legislatures for the clear purpose of chipping away at the equality and the rights that have so recently been won in the LGBTQ plus community. And when they're doing that, it's at the expense of so many other issues that uh, Americans are asking for relief and support on the kinds of economic issues that President Biden was emphasizing in his Bidenomics address about how we keep unemployment so low, uh, how we continue lowering costs for American families. Uh, you know, the, the fact that this was relief from a situation that may have never happened in the in the first place, tells you everything you need to know about this agenda to use every instrument of government, courts and legislatures to claw back at these rights for people who are just trying to go about their lives and just trying to be treated equally by businesses and by the government. I wish more progressives and Democrats could take Pete Buttigieg's way of turning the questions that are asked to him because too often the reporters grab on to the Republican line simply because, again, they generally like the confrontational uh, stat, the, the way one would, would handle these things confrontationally. But Buttigieg is a master of flipping the question and using the time that he has, the time that's been given to him to put out exactly the narrative. In other words, counter what they're saying, but that can be done quickly and then put out there the real issues that the American people should be concerned about. And that's what he does very well. Folks, the telephone number is 713-526-5738, extension number two to be on air right away if you want to make a comment on the issues that we're discussing. Again, that is 713-526-5738. Now, Pete also uh, did, an, uh, uh, in, in the process of 
that interview, he had a great pushback. And he, it, it's amazing because, you know, a lot of folks, when I, I think it was uh, with Daily Coast folks that I was talking about this, but he, he was able to also, I, I, I want to say toast. No, I, I shouldn't say toast. He, he knows how to admonish the media, the mainstream media, without seeming confrontational. In other words, he's saying you guys are not doing your job, but he didn't have to put it that way. He, point, he, he did it in sort of an abstract fashion. I, want you, a fashion. I want you to listen to how he handles it here and what I call a soft rebuke of the press. Uh, and I, I listened to it in the middle and I said, uh-huh, that is how you do it. You don't get any enemies in the press doing it that way, but you get them to want to do better. Take a look. Uh, take a look at this one, and then we'll take it on the other side. The president's economic successes hadn't been covered very well by the media. And as such, many of the people in the country are unaware of how much things have improved. And what that means is that the polls sort of reflect an economy that's not real. And of course, the Republicans jump on, on these fallacies. And as Pete Buttigieg pointed out, the good news is seldom covered by the mainstream media as they should, while the whatever bad news there is, they highlight these items. So what Pete Buttigieg did here was while he blamed Republicans for a lot of the negativity that they continue to infuse into society, he partially blames the media for falling for it and then pointing out what the Biden administration intends to do as far as being the carriers of the message since the fourth estate is doing such a poor job in doing that. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. You mentioned that you have been traveling around uh, talking about and, and helping to unveil projects that are coming up because of President Biden's bipartisan infrastructure law. This week, there we saw a poll that showed that 34 percent of Americans that's it. Just 34 percent of Americans approve of his handling of the economy. Seven in 10 say economic conditions are poor. Why is it that so many Americans don't seem to be feeling the benefit from Biden's economic policies that you're talking about? Well, look, we're seeing extraordinarily low unemployment, some of the most job creation under any president ever. Uh, we're seeing, by the way, with that also unusually high rates of job satisfaction. We've seen inflation falling. We've seen uh, manufacturing returning to the U.S. Now, obviously, a lot of effort and a lot of money goes into negativity to try to get people focusing on other things, like some of the things uh, that that uh, we're talking about in the culture wars that uh, certain uh, figures are bringing to the fore again and again, I think because they don't want to talk uh, about the economic work that they're doing. And they certainly don't want to talk, you know, if you're, we're talking about House and Senate Republicans, why they voted no on the infrastructure package, the majority of them, although we appreciate the Republicans who crossed over to work with us, uh, you know, most uh, uh, House and Senate Republicans and state legislative Republicans, they don't want to be dwelling on why they said no to $35 a month caps on insulin or any of the other issues that are really affecting people. The other thing I've noticed uh, in, in the, the way these things get uh, uh, digested in, in, in the public and in the media is when something is unambiguously good. 
gets dramatically less attention. That's part of why we've been hitting the road to highlight the really good work that's going on, uh, work that's going on in terms of long-term infrastructure improvements, short-term uh, successes too, like the work that Governor Shapiro led in Pennsylvania with partnership from our department to get I-95 back up and running in record time after it was taken out uh, in a fiery and tragic crash. These are the kinds of problem solving that, uh, frankly, uh, there's some folks in, in Washington for sure who don't want to talk about that. They'd rather talk about other stuff. Our job is to make sure that Americans see the full picture. And that's exactly why you'll continue to see us not only hard at work in our offices, but out on the road, highlighting the actual problem solving and results that we're bringing to the American people. People Gitch nails it. I continue to say this guy, both in tonality and in fact base data and in simply presentation, he's likely the best spokesperson for the administration. He knows what he's doing and he knows exactly how to turn the narrative to what it should be. And if you notice something else, if you notice when he when he addressed the press, he said things don't get covered. In other words, you guys are not covering the things. And then he pretty much says what you need to cover. Remember that Pennsylvania uh, interstate that went down would have cost billions of dollars in transfer in issues with the, the the supply chain. We got a free, we got a freeway open, something that normally takes months in two weeks. We got that freeway open. That is government working for the people, by the people, for the people. And, and uh, you know, something that needs to be covered quite a bit to show that government works. We have uh, the GOP that always likes to talk about it being the problem of the government, the government, the government. Well, government is we the people. And we decide if we are going to elect people into that government that actually works. The problem is in many states, let's take a, I mean, if, if, again, I, I, I'm coming for you in a second, Augie. If you take a look at the states that are successful, in the states that are successful in, in getting quite a few things done from maternity uh, care and all these other things that matter to humanity, they're generally not red states. And the reason, the reason again, that Many of these states are in the conditions that they are. The reason why Texans don't have health care, a a large percentage, the reason why Texas remains the state with the worst uninsured rate is because we chose people who decided that humanity did not matter. That's why you can look at your fellow neighbor who has no insurance and feel nothing and feel it's okay for them to live that way. While there are some of us that believe everybody has the inalienable right to health care. Everybody has the inalienable right to housing. Everybody have the inalienable right to the basic needs. And when you start thinking, when, when you change your thought process to not me, 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 but we, we, we. And for those who says, well, then you'll get a lot of bombs that don't want to work. No. Because a nurtured person is a person who wants to produce. A nurtured person is a person who doesn't want to live on the dole. A nurtured person is one person that sees the pride in work, the pride in serving their fellow man. 
Don't ever forget that. They would want you to believe that helping somebody by giving somebody a helping hand up means you're creating a lazy person or somebody who's not going to work. Not understanding that nurturing is the best form of getting somebody into the form of I want to serve others. Come on in, Augie. I just uh, like Jack was saying earlier about war. Yeah, there have been some presidents that have liked to get us into war, like uh, Dwight Eisenhower. People forget that uh, he okayed the Air Force and Navy to attack Cuba, but not while he was in office, while the Democrat was in office. And that was Kennedy. And Kennedy didn't even know about that uh, Eisenhower had okayed the Air Force and Navy to attack Cuba. But did he know the Russians were already there and had uh, medium-range nuclear missiles? If we attacked Cuba with the Air Force and Navy, we might have had a nuclear war. But Kennedy stopped it like days before the Air Force and the Navy were going to attack Cuba. Uh, when he found out about it, he said he canceled it. Uh, and then later, and then he sent uh, naval observation jets to go over and see what was going on. Then they found out there were nuclear missiles aimed at Florida and the East Coast. And it would have gotten into a nuclear war because of the Republicans. And Republicans have gotten us into other wars that we didn't need to get into. Uh, yeah. Or, or, yeah, I mean, let me let me just say something, Augie, because I don't like to just, um, I mean, I, and first of all, I, I'm not disputing what you're saying at all, but I don't like to just put the blame of war on Republicans. You know, actually it was, and as much as Dwight did, you know, certain things here, my soft spot for Dwight Eisenhower, other than the interstate highways, are also that he said we shouldn't succumb to the war industrial complex, the military industrial complex. And I think, uh, you know, um, for so long as, you know, when, when Jack brought up about why is war so, you know, why is war so used by business so easily to, to be profitable, it is something that even somebody like Dwight Eisenhower in as much as the sins as he's committed as a war person in, in, in your eyes with regards to Cuba, that that uh, he also said, don't be a stooge to the, the military industrial complex, which both presidents of both parties are doing right now and have been doing, again, like you said, for for eons. Uh, go ahead, Augie. Yeah, but, uh, well, there was other stuff too, but the, uh, as, as far as going like to uh, that web designer, um, when that happened and they can decide who do, they don't want to serve, uh, mind me, we're going back to when we had uh, racism and prejudice, when uh, blacks couldn't uh, be served at restaurants, they had to go in the back door. Businesses could do that back then. Uh, before the 60s integration. Now it looks like we're going back to those days when businesses can decide who they don't want to serve. Uh, you know, let me tell you, Augie, it is sad because um, you're right. But here's the funny thing. Uh, you know, uh, the, the GOP would always like to say, let the people decide. They like to say that uh, the reason we want this capitalism is that people decide. People decide what they want. People decide how things are going to run. It's a bit, it's the opposite. It's a, it, it's some of the biggest fallacies out there. When you talk about uh, that, that person who now wants to be able to discriminate, right? We don't have to have a law 
uh, to, for have that person to discriminate. If a gay person goes in to get a website done and they get the vibes that this person may be prejudiced, they're not going to go for the, go go to that business. They're going to go somewhere else. The law needs to be the law. In other words, no 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 person participating in our economy at large, right? In our economy, which economy belongs to us all. We pay for this economy. We pay for that candlestick maker. We pay for that web designer. We gave that web designer the economic system where they can profit. So therefore, we don't allow that anybody that's profiting within this economic system to be able to discriminate. I mean, I, I don't know why people don't make that argument. It's, it's a simple argument. All of us create this economic system, as, and as such, we allow nobody to discriminate in it. It's that simple, Aggie. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I remember when I was in third grade, it was back in the 50s, when racism and prejudice was legal. Uh, we moved from one part of town in San Antonio to another part of town. And the part of town I was born and raised in was in the West Side, which was mostly Mexican-American. And the teachers did not like us speaking Spanish, so we got hit by uh, rulers and yardsticks, whatever they had on our hands when they spoke Spanish. Well, we moved to another part of town with mostly white people. And uh, I just moved there, and uh, I always went to school early. My father used to be a farmer. He got up early. When he got up, I got up. Uh, so I'm walking to my new school, and an old man in pajamas opens the screen door, asks me to, if I go to the store and get some things, and I can keep the change. That's all he had to say is keep the change, boy. That said, money, all right. <laughs> money to the store nearby i went there i rushed in there and there's a lady and just like one of those tv moms like the leave it to beaver mom and she's talking to some white uh, workers so i wait patiently for them to finish but then she looks at me and sees i'm not leaving and so then she has this mean ugly face and voice and tells me in those uncertain terms to get out of there when i run out the door i didn't see the picture window there was a sign we don't serve blacks. I think they said the N-word. Mexicans, Catholics, Jews, Indians, meaning Native Americans, and dogs. I think they threw dogs in there to tell you how much they hated those other five groups. And that was legal. And, uh, and that looks like we're... You actually uh, saw that sign? Yes. Wow. San Antonio. And, but uh, but uh, it's funny. I told somebody that... Uh, a lady from Mississippi, she's the same age I was. And uh, she grew up at that same time in Mississippi. And uh, she said, that's why she left Mississippi, because <laughs> she saw that. And she was a white person. And uh, and there was a PBS documentary about, it was called G.I. Jew, uh, Jew, based on the thing about G.I. Joe that was famous in World War II. Right, right. Fighting in, uh, in uh, Europe against the Nazis. And they came home to New York City. And uh, they had that same uh, sign on the East Coast when the Jews came home. But it's funny, when they showed it in the documentary, they blacked out all the same uh, groups, but they left the Jews. Where you, could, you could only see that the word Jews, but then left out the other groups. But it was across the country. We do not serve them. And that was legal. That is a and, shame, uh, Augie. Uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. I'm real quick. Go ahead. And it looks like we're going back to that when I, I heard that. And it brought back the memories. 
and another saying, yeah, we're not going to serve these groups. And I had like two strikes against me because I was Mexican and I was Catholic. But right. then I also had a relative that was in, a Comanche Indian. My right. Great grandfather. So I had like two and a half strikes against me on that one piece of paper. Let me, let me tell you something, Augie, because, you know, we need uh, to hear, you know, I, I believe in stories, right? I believe in that's the best way to communicate with other people's, your, your personal stories mean so much, right? I have a lot of personal stories. You have a lot of personal stories. You know, Jack, Howard have a lot of personal stories. These, these things are what people need to hear to remind of what it is earlier. Uh, Howard said, uh, he heard uh, Arnes talk about uh, uh, America becoming the uh, becoming Florida, right? And I have a little piece with Puttigieg and and something that that uh, that that DeSantis did coming up right after this here. But I mean, it is so important that people's stories be told because no, we don't want America to become Florida, and we don't want to maintain what DeSantis has created in Florida. There are a lot of brothers and sisters that we have over there that are living in Florida. And when I say brothers of sisters, folks, I mean everybody, okay? So um, so uh, thank you for your story, uh, Augie. Let's continue with the program. Keep listening, keep calling, keep oh, sharing, yeah. all right? You know, one more thing about the Koch brothers. Uh, the word Coke, the name, almost sounds like crook. And, and that's what they are. <laughs> And yes. that's how they got the money in Oklahoma. Uh, Grandpa Coke, uh, he had a trucking company, and they discovered oil in Oklahoma on the Indian Reservation. Right. And uh, and stole that stole stole what belonged to somebody else. I got it, Augie. I got it. But let me tell you, remember also with the Coke. Look Coke space Russia and see what you find. Thank you very much, my brother. Well, thank you. Bye-bye. Have a good one. All right, folks. Uh, anyhow, that was Augie. Thank you for that. The, all that info, Augie. Folks, don't forget, this is a call-in show, 713-526-5738. 713-526-5738. This other piece, as you know, uh, uh, El Senor DeSantis, the governor of Florida, who's running for the presidency of the United States, he had an interesting uh, ad out on Trump. And I want you to see how Buttigieg dealt with it, I really thought it was a good thing, as he pointed out quite a bit. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. Dana Bash showed Pete Buttigieg a commercial, sort of an anti-trans, anti-gay commercial that uh, that DeSantis put out there to really tackle Trump. Somehow Trump was on the side of the gays. So you know what that means. Uh, These guys to see who can be the meanest person, who can be the most evil person, who can be that person that will do the most damage to those gays, those trans, right? So he has this this new ad that he's trying to insult Trump, and within the ad, he's showing his macho, DeSantis is, by being around oily, macho guys with, uh, with, with abs and that sort of stuff. And Pete Buttigieg made him pay for it. Pete Buttigieg pretty much said, look at what he has to do to try to assert his manhood. And immediately thereafter, Buttigieg did what he always does, and that is change the message to what is appropriate. While they are getting up to see how much hurt they can put on different people, how much hate they can put out there, we are busy. The Biden administration, as he's, he's talking about, they are busy 
trying to solve problems, how to make everybody's lives better, how to make it more acceptable for them to exist right. Check out how he does it. We'll take it on the other side. Mr. Secretary, Ron DeSantis's campaign tweeted a video attacking President Trump for his past support for LGBTQ Americans, touted DeSantis's own record of restricting their rights. I want you to look and listen to just part of that long video. I cannot think of anything more horrifying. It really has shut down. Just produced some of the harshest, most draconian laws that literally threaten trans existence. What's your reaction to that video? You know, I'm going to choose my words carefully, partly because I'm appearing as secretary, so I I can't talk about campaigns. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to leave aside the strangeness of trying to prove your manhood by putting up a video that splices images of you in between oiled up shirtless bodybuilders and just get to the bigger issue that that is on my mind whenever I see this stuff in, in the policy space, which is, again, who are you trying to help? Who are you trying to make better off? And what public policy problems do you get up in the morning thinking about how to solve? You know, we're focused as an administration on how to get things done to make people better off. I spent my week traveling around the country to places that are benefiting from infrastructure Structure funding. We were in Appalachia in an eastern Kentucky community that's been wiped out by floods repeatedly. And we're bringing them highway funding that's going to help them not only improve the road, but also improve the dam and protect them from floods in the future. A few weeks ago, we were in North Dakota where there's a railroad crossing that was a community headache for decades. And thanks to President Biden's bipartisan infrastructure funds, we, we finally have the, the resources to do something about it. And we're going to make that uh, uh, better and have it not be a problem holding back first responders. These are the kinds of problems that most of us got into government, politics, and public service in order to work on. And and I just don't understand the mentality of somebody who gets up in the morning thinking that he's going to prove his worth by competing over who can make life hardest for a hard-hit community that is already so vulnerable in America. Pete Buttigieg once again, every question that this guy got, Transportation Secretary Buttigieg, every single question, he turned it to show in a contrasting manner what the Biden administration is actually working on compared to what these guys are interested in, which is bashing the gays, taking away women's rights, taking away affirmative action, taking away things, taking away things that were hard fought for. And he's saying, Uh uh-uh, that's not what we are into. We're into ultimately making the lives better for every American citizen. We spend a lot. And that is what we have to uh, look at, you know, uh, and I love the way Buttigieg said that, right? When we get up in the mornings, you have two options. You have the option of negativity where you're going to start looking at what gays are doing, look at what, what, look at, look at what that person is doing, uh, look at what they're taking and all of that. Or you can say, what can I do today that's going to make 
the lives of others better. If you want to serve in government, there are two kinds of folks that serve in government, those who break it and those who build it. And don't you prefer building? The only ones who break government are the ones doing it for a purpose to support a particular sect. And that is that those are the ones, anyone breaking it, those are the ones that are supporting that plutocracy, those, those wealthy cats that, that's taking it all from you, those that are creating the inflation rate. You know, there, there's an interesting thing. I mean, I talk about inflation rate, but um, I got this offer in the mail, right? And, and this is a bit off subject, but just talking about taking advantage, it brought it up. I got this piece of mail and I don't remember what credit card company it was. And just for the record, you know, I have very good credit, credit rating because, you know, pay everything on time, all that good stuff. Uh, bust my butt to try to reduce whatever. Anyhow. And uh, so, so people check your thing and send you offers. And I got this offer for um, a credit card. I don't know. I wasn't a credit card. It was to use a credit card uh, to, to buy something. I don't remember what it was. But then I started to read the fine print. And would you know, the interest rate was 30.8%. 30.8%. Now, I want you to think about this. This is how our society is. I'm off subject a bit, but I want to mention this. First of all, anybody out there uh, that's looking for credit cards or whatever, don't take it. Don't, don't take it if you, if you can, you know, but if you, if, you, if you don't have to. But the people who are going to use that credit card, that offer that was already pre-approved and all of that, a lot of times, so having something pre-approved and, and going to take it, it, it comes as second nature. Oh, wow, I can get me that credit card and I can do this for my kid that I thought I had to wait a while to get or whatever. The people that need it the most are the ones who, in our, in our current economic system, get screwed the most. 30% interest rate. Somebody takes that up and go ahead and buy that buy that guitar, buy that saxophone that the kid needed for the, needed for the class, they would have been paying ultimately more than twice, three times by the time they're done what that stuff cost. Talking about evil folks, the people that least can afford it are the ones that are afforded those kinds of interest rates. Anyhow. That, you know, I, I look at everything through the eyes of politics when I'm reading things. Maybe that's not a good thing, but it's, it's something that some of us, I think, need to do so that we can actually see uh, what the bad, the bad that's out there that needs to be mitigated. Anyway, historic day as Brazilian court hits Bolsonaro with eight-year political ban over election lies. They had their own January 6th. The difference between Brazil and the United States is that they held their guy accountable. From Brett Wilkins' Common Dreams, Brazil's highest election authority on Friday barred Jair Bolsonaro from running for any public office for the next eight years over the disgraced former far-right president's abuse of power related to baseless claims of electoral fraud the first 16 election-related charges he faces. 
five members of the seven-judge Superior Electoral Court, equivalent to our Supreme Court, found that Bolsonaro violated election law last July when he summoned more than 100 international diplomats for a nationally televised 50-minute presentation in the Palacio de Alvarada, the executive residence during which he disparaged the judiciary and claimed the country's electronic voting system was vulnerable to hacking. Sounds familiar? Remember, we act, We said that Hugo Chavez, who's been dead for quite a while, had somehow hacked our system? Amazing, right? The things people would believe. This despite there never have been any evidence of fraud during the system's three-decade history. TSC President Alexandra de Moraes lambasted Bolsonaro's cinematographic production that was intended to bombard voters with disinformation to raise more votes. Moraes further said that Bolsonaro had a clear sense of destroying the credibility of the electronic voting system in order to influence and convince voters that they were the victims of a huge conspiracy by the judiciary to rig the 2022 presidential elections. Does it sound like America's 2020? Not only the Jan- what occurs in January 6th, but what continues to occur right now. We've created a group of Americans who simply believe who simply believe that something went awry in the electoral system in 2020 when all the fraud that they found thus far has been people trying to double vote for President Trump. Amazing. Uh, Projection is an interesting thing. In addition to his baseless aspersions against electronic voting, Bolsonaro asserted during the presentation that if he lost the 2022 presidential election to leftist challenger and current president Luis Ignacio Lula da Silva, it would be due to communist meddling, really. It was a monologue in which there was a self-promotion and disqualification of the judiciary. Supreme Federal Court Justice TSE Vice President Carmen Lucia said during the Bolsonaro trial, what public servants cannot do in the public uh, space is to attack the Supreme Court as if the institution would not have been affected. You know, they serve, solve, that's a different problem to hear. We have a rogue Supreme Court uh, that is actually helping with the implementation of bad, not bad, only bad policy, but evil policy. At least theirs, are doing, theirs is doing the job. Supporters of the defeated president blocked roads and organized demonstrations after the election. And on January 8, thousands of protesters stormed Brazil's Congress, Supreme Court, and Presidential Palace to contest what they called a stolen election by Da Silva and his allies. Democracy and human rights defenders welcomed the TSC's decision and said Bolsonaro would be held accountable for his other alleged crimes including genocidal policies and practices against indigenous people. Remember what he did in the rainforest and uh, as, he, as he tried to just mine the whole darn thing. Let me tell you, folks, I, I, justice delayed is justice denied. And right now, our incompetence in handling January 6th is putting this country at grave danger. If we take a look, over 500 people convicted for January 6th. 
but none of these fives except for i don't remember the name of the guy who ran the not the proud boys but the the, the other uh terrorist organization on the right here in the united states most of the people going to jail are peons the folks most responsible for January 6th, the folks most responsible for an orchestrated overthrow of the government of the United States. They're still walking free. And in fact, one could become president again because justice delayed is justice denied. 713-526-5738, extension number two, gets you on air right away. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. I'd love to hear some callers come in and, and, and talk to us about what's happening right now in our society. Give us a call, 713-526-5738, extension numero dos, extension number two, and you'll be on air right away. Please don't wait till the end of the show when I have to kind of go through you real quickly. 713-526-5738. You know, um, if if... Again, it's not that the American populace is stupid. They're not. They're ill-informed. And if you give a narrative, one can give a believable narrative, which is what the people that Donald Trump as, you know, actually funds that they're doing. I, w- I want folks to understand this because, and this one, this actually goes to the Democrats. Um. The Democrats pay a lot of high-powered consultants to do their work, to go ahead and figure out how best to win an election, how gets to best to get to people's heart. It's an ill-advised thing to do. Everybody sees that the elections seem to be, by the polls, pretty close, 48 to 44, Biden, but that is within the, uh, that is between the tolerance of the the, uh, the margin of error of the polls. What folks fail to realize is why are those polls so close? Is it that Americans are stupid? No. Is it that Americans want a terrorist as their president? No. Is it that Americans want somebody that's going to pass policies that they don't support? No. Let me tell you, I'm on both left wing, right wing, and every kind of mailing list there is. Uh, I'm on several different phone lists as well. You know, um, again, my classification kind of makes it easy to do that uh, because I, I, I can check a whole lot of boxes. So I get a whole lot of different calls. Right. And what I think uh, consultants will never know. Unless they really were doing the job. Is the machine that's out there. That, work in, that works at, in, on people's mind at the precinct level, at the person level. I get calls that in, in Spanish that you would be surprised what, this, what Spanish speakers are learning about Trump and what they're learning about Biden and what they're learning about what government wants to do to them. There's no counter to that with an ad on TV. There's no counter to that on, 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 on simply sending out a flyer, although even the flyers that are going in a, in a very minute, you know, micro, micro targeting are effective. But what these people are hearing are the things that makes that, that you look at a poll 
And you say, how could that be so close? Because they're doing the homework, because they're doing the legwork, because they're talking to the people, because they are in the communities. They're there. And you know who's not? The ones who are out there actually doing good for folk. But for some reason, unlike the likes of Buttigieg, who really knows how to create the narrative, they're not out there in the communities. I'm here in Kingwood, Texas, and I watch the operations. I watch how the infiltration works from, from the hardware store to the churches to the after-school organizations, to in the parks, to the businesses that all have a memorabilia and material for the cause. And you know what? Uh, too often Democrats, too often progressives do. They talk in the aggregate and they talk in the general. So while the population at large are saturated and lied to and told this is what Trump is going to do for you. This is what the right is going to do for you. This is what the GOP is going to do for you. It's not told in a manner that says our policies are closing the hospitals in this very community that you live in. Our policies are hurting your daughter that you're going to be going home to. We, we don't, you know, we, we may tell a story on MSNBC and we may tell a story on a, on a, on a two minute uh, outtake, but as far as America really understanding what's going on, it's not there. And why isn't it there? It's not there because the job isn't being done. And why isn't the job being done? All the wrong people are getting paid. You want to get the job done. Go ahead into the barrios. Go ahead into the ghettos. Go ahead into Appalachia like you heard Buttigieg talk about. When you heard Buttigieg says, I'm going to Eastern Kentucky. When you hear Buttigieg talking about going into uh, some parts of Ohio. That's what he's talking about. Touching the people that, the, talking to people that the Republican thinks they own. The Republicans think they have their minds to control. We have to grow up and we have to learn how to talk to people. We have to learn how to get to people. One last quick one to see if anybody will call in before I close this baby at 713-526-5738. Extension number two gets you on air right away. 713-526-5738. Uh, last subject was Bishop Barber. Bishop Barber. Uh, who runs the moral, what is it called? The, 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 uh, anyway, this, this group of folks in, in, in North Carolina and going throughout the country, poor people's campaign. That's what I wanted to talk about, the poor people's campaign. But anyway, on the eve of July 4th, Bishop William Barber unveils, unveiled the moral declaration for America. Bishop William Barber, uh, Founding director of Yale Center of Public Theology and Public Policy penned an op-ed, an open letter on Monday decrying recent decisions by far-right Supreme Court justices and the complicity of political leaguers who have uh, watched our democracy slowly chipped away. Slowly chipped away. And you know what? 
he had something to say. Addressed to President Joe Biden, Congress, and the U.S. public, Barber's Moral Declaration for America was released on the eve of July 4th, which marks 247 years since the adoption of the Declaration of Independence. When a Supreme Court and political leaders conspire to lie about history and embrace action contrary to love and justice, their actions are both piracy and perjury at the same time. Barbara wrote, they have conspired to assassinate the hopes and possibilities of fully representative democracy to make a way for the unimpeded rise and sustainment of the evils of domination authoritarianism, racism, economic oppression, militarism, and empire tendencies, all of which are contrary to our Declaration of Independence and our Constitution. It's a long document. I suggest that you read it. The link is in our newsletter that goes out every morning at 5. Please go to politicsandright.com slash newsletter. You get all the links to our videos, articles, etc., on the program so please check that out anyway we're closing this baby out so let me ask howard and van weber for some close some 15 second closing thoughts come on in brothers oh 15 seconds i can close it out in one second <laughs> bye y'all <laughs> van weber I, I just want people to remember that you know war war is waged on the innocent Okay, they're they're the ones that suffer, so other people can be rich. Thank you so kindly for that. Uh, unfortunately, that is true. Unfortunately, that is true, folks. I want to thank you for your ears, your eyeballs, for those who've been watching the the program on YouTube and on Facebook. I, I thank you for tuning the radio. The KPFT 90.1 FM. We are an important radio station, not only in this community, but in this country. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.